Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thank you for downloading the Attacking Scrum. This is another one of our Lions Memory Specials, which uh, hopefully you've been enjoying. Throughout this time, we've had uh, a load of different contributors have all shared their kind of favourite memories as Lions fans during this time. And uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. So do feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter at Attacking Scrum to let us know your favourite Lions memories. And also you can do the same on Facebook by searching for the Attacking Scrum. Now, this one is a really interesting episode, which I recorded with a journalist called Yestin George, who's a good friend of the podcast and um, it's his first uh, first time on the show, but it was a really good chat, kind of um, going through some of uh, the highs and lows of, of being a Lions fan. And uh, yeah, he tends to, to share my uh, melancholic views at, at times as well. So it's uh, a little bit of uh, fun to indulge in that too. So yeah, hopefully you enjoy it. And if you do enjoy it, please leave us a review, which you can do on iTunes. And you can also subscribe there as well. So every week the podcast will be delivered straight to your phone. Uh, Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Morning, Yesen. Morning. It's... uh... Feels like we're getting in, uh, getting in some good practice out of the Lions tours, having a early, mor- early morning rugby chat. I know. I'd, I'd last week, I'd, uh, you know, I live in Hove, uh, which is, you know, they, they, we, we do well in the on the rugby front over yeah. Hove RFC, but um, but on the, uh, you know, you do worry about, you know, the availability of of, of pubs that will be showing the game and stuff. And uh, but I just uh, there's a. There's a pub in Hove which was boasting about lion's breakfasts, and we just basically, you know, that's it. I'm sorted. Okay, uh, yeah. Those, those, two, those two magic words you always want to see. Lion's breakfast, <laughs> yeah. that's it. And you know you're exactly. Saturday taken care of. And you have that sort of little fluttery moment where you go, oh, you know, I might, oh, no, of course I won't have a pint. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go, yeah, yeah. I think I will. We've um yeah we've we've discussed this as well. Have you uh, have you got a weapon of choice when it comes to a breakfast pint? I've 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 travelled a lot among uh, you know I, I've watched 
breakfasts in Wales and breakfasts in <laughs> Brighton. And I don't, I can't think of anything. You know, there's always the, um, one of the things that, that serves us well, particularly, well, it's more of a Twickenham thing, actually. When we, there's a pub in Twickenham we go to, which is not that far off the beaten track, but it's always empty before the game. Mm. And, um, and that is, um, it's, it's a lager and ginger, ginger ale, <laughs> which is a kind of, yeah, I know. It's uh, why we, why that started, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> the ginger ale aspect of it. So I, maybe, that, maybe that'll be the lion's. I can't, I can't think of cyber. It really needs a name. name. It really needs a name. Yeah, that true. Drink. You know, true. I, the, the ginger element, it should be the Jenkins or something like that. I think. Yeah, that's it's true. Worth looking into. Well, we once invented in a, in a parallel universe when I used to work in a, uh, for a golf magazine, we invented, um, uh, what we called Scottish Pims, which is just vodka and iron brew. <laughs> and, um, and within a year, it was on it was on some Radio Four quiz. It was it, it it kind of went through Troon like wildfire on a Scottish pimps vodka and Iron Brew. Yeah, it's great. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. yeah, what a uh, what a fantastic way to start. I, um, it, it probably leaves <laughs> listeners with the overwhelming take out that we have some kind of drinking problem actually. So I think we better yeah. move on fairly. Yeah, okay, fairly sharp. So aside from morning drinking, it. There is, I know I start every podcast with this, but there is just something insanely unique about the Lions tours that gets us excited about those rugby fans, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think above everything, it's almost this slight kind of feeling of reluctance and excitement. Mm. I know it sounds odd, but I'm, you know, obviously from a, in the modern age, we are used to embracing the sense, the, the sense of you know, unanimity and community that, that it, it, it brings, you know, and the, the idea that we're all in it together and stuff. And I think that, that is something that's relatively recent. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, it, and it is, it's a very powerful thing as well, obviously on and off the pitch. Um, but at the same time, being such a absolutely terrible, biased, bitter Welshman, um, it, it also, I also have this kind of struggle with it prior to the tour. You know, should I really? Oh, I'm not sure. I, I, could I really? You know, it's almost as if my Welshness is 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 fighting a little bit um, uh, with itself. Um, and and then, of course, inevitably, you just kind of totally throw yourself and immerse yeah. yourself in the whole process. But there is this little nagging discomfort about the idea of being part of something that's bigger and cleverer and smarter and 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 more emotion and as emotional i think as as you know as uh as being welsh you know the the idea of being just as emotional about something that isn't that you know it's it's yeah. remarkable yeah I, I you know i know exactly what you mean my my struggle is now in the kind of the social media era it can sweep up you know because i get though the allegiances to you know to your home unions and i think you know particularly if you're welsh and i just i just think that everyone has that opportunity to voice their opinion around it now and it's so easy to go you know to start a row with someone going oh how can you know how can Jonathan Davis being the side over um, mm. over Brian O'Driscoll, you know, and that, and that kind of was quite a sad moment as a Lions fan for me. That whole um, that whole thing, which kind of seemed to start on social media, and then the mainstream 
absolutely ran with it. That for me was actually a real kind of dark moment as a Lions fan. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But, um, there was, in the old days, in the 70s, it was purely a case of counting how many Welsh people were in the squad. Yeah. You know, it was fairly, it was, and something remarkable did happen. And I think that they, the people responsible, you know, of many of, you know, loads of different people were, uh, you know, were, were, you know, deserve a lot of credit for it, really, because it's not easy to do. And I guess the Ryder Cup is the equivalent in terms yeah. of golf and stuff. And, you know, that also creates an interesting. Really, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to get you on as, as someone who's experienced a lot more rugby than us. Uh, ideally to talk about tours other than 97, but it's, it's hard, isn't it? It does all kind of seem to, to come back to that. Yeah. And I really tried hard when I was just, you know, sitting around thinking about, uh, Lions tours and just, just come on, think about New Zealand now. Think about New Zealand and it stopped and it, and then inevitably you end up kind of going, I just do a little bit of research, i.e., you know, I sit there and yeah. watch Living with the Lions again and you just think, you know, it is the most compelling and then you think, oh, you know, I've got a, a 17 year old who plays um, for Hove and I'm thinking, oh, right, he's got to, he's, I've got to refresh his memory with this again. And suddenly you just think, oh, that's the weekend gone. You know, the whole, it's, it's astonishing. But I think it's also really good to contrast it with the fact that, you know, nine, you know, going back to line, lines tours in New Zealand in 1977 and, um, uh, there's a great piece with that um, Bryn Mar Williams did with, um, with Wales Online, where they just talk about, uh, you know, how the, the fact that they had, you know, John Dawes, they had a manager, and somebody from New Zealand was their kit person, and that was pretty much it. And um, and they had 50p a day to spend. Uh, that was their allowance, and you know, they engendered a kind of this sense of. Nobody likes us people care, which is mm. totally the opposite of every other. And you compare that with 97, you just think how actually you do create a culture in a tour. You do create, you know, aside from the rugby and everything, you create. And it's just funny thinking of a, a, a Lions tour that went out to, you know, uh, and actually just went, we don't want to talk to anybody. We hate everybody. We're, we're, we're miserable. We're getting bad press. And also the fact that, you know, the, for one reason or another, the, the Kiwis didn't warm to them. It's just quite remarkable when you think about how, how, uh, you know, well, I suppose the Woodward era was a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of a blip, but generally speaking, you know, that those lines to us have been, uh, incredibly sort of, you know, incredibly life affirming, really. They have. I mean, I, th- I always think of the Woodward one as, as being more than a blip, really, because I think yeah. cause 2001, went wrong on the pitch and it, it, one of the, it was one of those waves where Australia were really into their rugby so the press enjoyed tearing the Lions apart um, and then 2005 went so catastrophically wrong and it felt that it had lost connection with what it meant to be a Lions you know I think he treated it with the that kind of that same mentality he's treated World Cups and they're very different you know they're very different beasts and his kind of ultra professionalism seemed to forget the the ethos of what the Lions is about, which is very much that that kind of amateur mentality. No, absolutely, I agree. It's, it, uh, that's why it's interesting looking back at things like '77, where 
you know, they they're incredibly talented bunch of players and uh obviously tons of Welsh people, which is always good. Um and then uh and then totally the wrong conditions where they yeah. you know, the, the, all those fantastic photographs of uh, of mud, you know, it looked like such a miserable experience. But you know, the fact that oh dear, the showers aren't working in the first, yeah. you know, the first game they played, and, and and just this sort of idea of attrition, really. And I suppose there there was a lot of that anyway, wasn't there? Because they, um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't what it is now, and what the culture that's been created, I think, is much much more healthier than. The idea of uh, going away for months on end and just sort of enduring, really. But yeah. There will be a bit of enduring this year, won't there? Because it will feel, because there's a, a longer run up until, you know, the first test. It will. I think it will. That, I don't it'll, yeah. In an odd way, it'll yeah. resemble those tours a little bit more, even though it's it's obviously nothing like the time. There will be that. I think it will be a, a bit more old school, hopefully. Yeah, I, th- I I think so. And the fact that there's there's not going to be easy tour games on this, I think is a really good thing because, as I've mentioned before, I think the tour games are a very unique part of, of Lions tours. And, you know, when you send out invitational 15s every week, you know, it just becomes a very, a very easy thing. And the games kind of don't kind of don't really have much significance, whereas every single one of these mm-hmm. is going to be a challenge. And I think, again, that kind of, that connects with some of the Lions heritage of there are clubs in New Zealand and South Africa and, and even Australia who take massive pride out of the fact that they've, that they've beaten a, a Lions midweek side, you know, and that, I think that's a really special thing. And I, I, I would echo that with the, I think oddly people's people talk about their relationship with the Lions um, in terms of it, you know, in terms of our relationship with with opposition to, with other countries, in terms of the the lions. But for, for when we were kids, you know, I grew up in the seventies, so it, you know, it wasn't going, it wasn't as much of a big deal. Even if you think about nineteen seventy, I I don't think I slept for weeks before Maury's All Blacks played Swansea. You know, and and even though we were given a hiding. Um, you know that was all our we were we were self obsessed i think in the seventies about touring teams coming to us so our we we knew just as people talk romantically about people used to know every lions player et cetera in 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 right from the nineteen fifties onwards we knew every every new zealand player um you know certainly when I was a kid we we were obsessed with them coming over to us. Um, almost more than we were about going over there because, well, for a start, we'd always get battered. So that was never, you know, but also we'd never see the game, you know. Um, so it, 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 it's, there is an, obviously this, the mythology of 1971 will never go away. And it was, it was really weird because I've got a picture of my, um, my mother was a cab reporter at Radio Cymru, um in the around that time she yeah. started, and there's a picture of the, all the the Welsh players came off the um, came they they got trained from Paddington to Neath, yeah. and then and, and then they were 
then they were they sort of arrived in Nice uh, to a rapturous welcome in inverted commas probably about 12 people going oh right um, and my, there's a brilliant picture of my mother uh, interviewing Gareth Edwards you know with the sideburns and everything and uh, that's got pride of place on my wall you know and I just, you just forget how you know I suppose it's just so ingrained in in um you know, it's, it really is mythology, isn't it? Seventy-one. It just yeah. seems this idea of Carwin, you know, just smoking fags and and sort of telling people to be to express themselves beautifully, and then everything went fine. <laughs> it it seems really odd, doesn't it? It, it does. It, but there's uh, also absolutely no no way you want to alter that. That you know, I, again, I think as no. rugby fans, the, the the romance that goes with it is you know is everything that we kind of um that we love about about Welsh rugby yeah and you know I think that's why a lot you know I think this this Scarlet's team at the moment that's 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 on a fantastic run again I think that's why even fans who people who aren't Scarlet fans have kind of embraced them is because they are playing rugby in such a in such a Welsh way when we've seen you know kind of 10 years of very physical rugby um there's a lot of expression out there and uh, you know I think that you know that so much of that is born out of not just the Welsh sides of the seventies, but but Carwin's uh, Carwin's Lions. Yeah, I, I totally agree, mate. The, 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 I've got no time whatsoever for the idea that uh, you know you go, you you just win, and then you get this incredible sense of glowing satisfaction from it. Well, I'm yeah. sure the players do, and I'm sure the coaches do, and I'm sure the management do, and I'm sure that nobody's going to sit in a management meeting and go, hey, I, I tell you what, let's let's take some really wild risks and see what happens, shall we? Because yeah. the, the, the people, there's too much riding on it. There's everything from ticket sales to to jobs riding on it. Um, and so, but I, the, the Scarlet is the perfect example. Um, this season, you know, as a Swansea boy, you know, it's, it, you know, that's why I have a love-hate relationship with the Ospreys. You know, it, I, I see... It sounds awful and parochial, but I see too much Nice and not in a Swansea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's why, you know, we were the, we were the old whites in night. You know, I, I, I followed them all over and we were laughed at and mocked and you got a new bridge on a Saturday and get, you know, and it, it was brilliant because they saw us as the gentry and the Ponzi all whites and, you know, but we played romantic running rugby you know and um and always had done because we just had a pitch that was sandy and so it wasn't yeah. rugby and ever and so it was in the nature of the people it was in the nature of the rugby club and it's similarly with you know i think with that i totally get what you're saying you don't the last thing you want to do is unpick the 1971 experience and start thinking oh yeah but was karen really all he was built uh, you know it's like forget it don't even go there yeah. because um you know, I think one of those things we can dismantle everybody's reputation if we're given the opportunity to do so. And uh, one of the magic things about that time, you know, is that, you know, the bloke who's, you know, sitting at the bar at the, you know, at the halfway in, you know, in, in, on Cathedral Road having a pint is Barry John, you know, and Barry John did some stuff on the rugby pitch that, I don't think we've ever seen anybody else do quite so elegantly. And that's the end of that. It doesn't matter whether 
doesn't matter what they are now or what what they, what they became or anything like that. You know, it's just. And I I, I was really lucky. I spent uh, spent a lot. Carrie uh, and James used to come round to my house for Sunday lunch every um, every couple of weeks, and you know, he was a really gentle, lovely man, and um, and uh, I don't know how he would just tolerate me <laughs> talking talking nonsense to him. Uh, you know, really, rather than going, oh, Karen, you've done a few things, right? Why yeah. don't why, tell me some stories? But obviously, when you're 14 and you you feel somehow you're, somehow you're an ambassador for every every everybody's ever pulled on a white shirt and why isn't so-and-so in the Welsh team? Not that Karen could do anything from it because he was as ostracized as anybody else. But, um, yeah, so I, instead of listening to him telling me great stories about 1971, I just banged on about how Di Richards should be, should be playing number 10 for Wales instead of Gareth Davis, which is just ludicrous. But there we are. Talk about a missed opportunity, eh? It is maybe, but nonetheless, I think, you know, um, yeah, it's it's brilliant because I think again it just it kind of puts you in that mindset of being a teenage rugby fan again, and um, I, you know that's that's what this that's what this podcast is all about really. You know, I think it is it is about those um, it's about those emotions you experience as a fan, and I think like you say, if you if you were to try and unpick what Barry John did on the um, on the pitch and apply kind of like modern logic, this is why I hate stats so much. Is if you apply yeah. the modern logic of um, you know, about how many metres gained, how many times he kicked the ball from hand. You know, it's like kind of, okay, those, those things exist, and I'm sure the pros and the, the analysts need to use them. But actually, if it's if it's a moment of, of brilliance that has won a game, you know, how do you quantify that in stats terms? You know, it might be a one-line break, but it's one line break that, is, that has changed the whole game. And furthermore, you know, in a game you don't win, it could be one line break that has just lit up your afternoon and it's worth the ticket, you know, it's worth the ticket fee just to watch it. So, you know, the entertainment thing, I, I completely, I'm completely on board with. And um, I think all of, those, all of those things help protect the myth in my, in my mind. Yeah, it can be anything from the fact that Willie John McBride was, was an, considered an untouchable to... Aaron Shingler's handoff, uh, you know, against Leinster, where there was clearly nobody going to stop him, um, and uh, and those things. That's not so romantic, but it's, yeah. talk about talk about talk about influencing the game and the environment around you. You know, you, you when you see even you see that. I think someone like Brian O'Driscoll, for instance, has always been one of those players who just affects. He doesn't seem to be. He has a greater effect on the environment around him when he is a player. Mm. You know, that kind of ball of whatever it was, you know, of concentrated energy where, you know, it would be anything from a turnover to getting, you know, getting back on his feet after being yeah. tackled and still going like an extra set missile, that sort of thing. And I, for me, that's what, you know, and that you, there's no way you can quantify that. Yeah, there's just exactly. no way. You'd have to measure. You'd have to measure the raw energy inside that man's soul in order for it to be a legitimate way of measuring it. And I, I, that's what '97 was for me. I'd never seen people. I'd never felt like I'd seen people run faster or be more more cutting or or more intelligent. Or you know, there was something just 
wholly and, and it, it, with Barry John in 1971. It's I'm not saying that it was just Barry John, but it was, but there was that sense that somebody was doing something that had never been done before. Yeah. And I think that if you take that right into the modern era, there are very few players who do that. And Shane obviously is one of those people. Why we love Shane so much, you know, and to again. Why do you have to moan? But I'm going to moan. You know, it's, just, it's why, why Martin Williams was, we were screaming for Martin Williams to play for Wales and why, you know, and we forget that he actually was nowhere near the Welsh team yeah. for, a, for a, some time and why James Davis should be in the Welsh squad, you know. Uh, so it's that kind of thing for me. It, it, those are the people and those are the players. It doesn't matter whether they're, you know, two inches too small. It just, just yeah. doesn't matter. You know, uh, and and the, the, that's that's what the Lions can bring to uh, players who haven't been. You know, the, the, we t- you know, and I've heard you. You know, we talked about John Bentley before now, yeah. and you know that that was the classic case of a player that just made such a massive, you know, contribution. I think it's cultural contribution. They should be given some sort of cultural award I think uh, yeah. you know they're not it's not about rugby it's about this kind of expression really exactly and you know and that's again this kind of brings us full circle really to to what it is that we love about the Lions and it's all of those it's all of those things um, I think you know the one thing that I've that I've asked everyone is who is that kind of that cult character that you've um that you've warmed to over a Lions tour. So perhaps, you know, we all, we all know that we, you know, we love the Welsh players who pull on the jersey. Who are those players who, when you've been watching a Lions tour, you've suddenly gone, God, I see what all the fuss is about with this, uh, with this person. For me, I've, I've said it before, is Martin Johnson, a player who, you know, I, I detested when he was wearing the red rose, but when he was wearing a Lions jersey, you were so glad he was on your team. Um, have you got kind of, uh, have you got any of those players that, um, that kind of really stood out for you, Yestin? Yeah, there are, um, there are a few, uh, I, I totally agree with Martin Johnson. Again, there's a, there's a one brilliant speech about, um, uh, where he's just quietly getting, he's just quietly getting his, t- the team ready and in a really quiet, low key. And I just didn't anticipate that from him, I think. You know, you, you, you expect the blood and the thunder and the leading by example and the, you know, and the, and the, obviously the, oh, so me up, just get me back on the pitch. Yes. Yeah. You know, when he, when he had that awful, you know, you're watching somebody being, having, I don't know how many stitches there were inserted in his cheekbone when he, you know, but all that graphically kind of illustrated in the living with the lions is something else. And then I, I also really like on, on that tour in a really, um, in, in a in a sort of quiet quieter way, Tim Rodber. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I know it, it's just all of that thing about him being you know military man and all that kind of stuff. But I could I could I could see a kind of like slightly uh, a, a slightly wittier, smarter, slightly more actually. I'm going to think my own you know. Um, I think my own way around these. I just thought it was brilliant. There's some scrummaging stuff that I thought he was brilliant, which is great. A flying cut, I think, from, yeah. from five to work hard. You know, that's and quite I, remarkable. I, you know what, as well, I think, again, he's one of those players that undoubtedly played his best rugby on that tour. Yeah, yeah he, well, that, I know he's that, been in the I mean, I wouldn't. side for a, for a while, but 
you know, that I wouldn't that would be his finest moment. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have picked him in a Welsh team, you know, out of uh, you know, just I would never have even thought about it. But I was surprised. That, but I think the one, again, you know, obsessing about that era. But the one that um, I, I found what he said was just so agricultural and uh, and old school. And yet he was obviously a fine player in his during his era with Jason Leonard. Just you just thought. You know, uh, you just thought, oh my God, you know, you really wouldn't want to be facing him. And uh, I can remember, I think my relationship with the 97 uh, tour is is more to do with, my daughter was born virtually, you know, as they ran out for for the first game. So I had the perfect alibi to sit on the sofa, (laughs) sort of, I was parenting by just letting her lie on my chest yeah and it's such a, obviously there's very few sort of moments in life that kind of that, um that can kind of match that you know you've got a baby and 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 the lines are on uh so anyway we're sitting there and watching that and then uh, she started going to a nursery uh we lived, lived in west london at the time and she started going to a nursery where uh leonard was Actually, that's where his gym was. So he, it was just weird that after the tour, I used to see him regularly kind of, you know, going to the gym. It's yeah. quite weird because having, having obviously just, uh, seen him effing and blinding his way through pre-match, uh, speeches, you know, it's quite funny to see him then sort of in a, in a pair of shorts doing some bench presses, you know. Yeah. I, he's one of those characters I've met on a few occasions, you know, always kind of either before or after a game because he's inevitably, um, you know, either in a, a professional capacity, he's he's doing something or he's, he's in a pub somewhere. But he's he actually, to be fair, he's, he's always one of those characters who's happy to chat to any fan who, who wanders up to him. And I, again, I really like that. Yeah, and I I, I think similarly, similar experiences with Elvis Van Vickery really, agreeable and a great interview and also I think really recognised the 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 importance of the Lions and uh a very uh, the sort of player that would bring everybody in, you know, uh it wouldn't set an agenda. Possibly Leonard is just Leonard is English to the core, which is fine. But Vickery seems like uh, the sort of person who would Take on board all the cultural, you know, all the cultural influences of being on a Lions tour because he's just a very, uh, I don't know, a, a, a seemingly a very kind of well-rounded guy and mm. a, a great appreciator of other people's cultures. I think so. That if you think about that, Jim Calfer quote is kind of probably, uh, you know, someone like Victory is it was a perfect example of that. Uh, yes, it's been uh, it's been fascinating to talk to you. We we'll just quickly wrap up with how you think the uh, the tour will go over the summer. Can you can you see the Lions getting a getting a win out of this? No, no. Three to three nil. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, it'd be really interesting if you you know I I share your uh, loathing of stats for stats sake. Um, it would be really interesting if you ran, if there was a supercomputer super being operated right now that was running the average injuries, uh, out there. Yeah. In, in, you know, I, I, the, obviously, is it, is it, is it 
conceivable that there would be five players in the first test that you wouldn't pick today. I know, I know what you mean. There is, yeah, you can you can very much see just the the sheer um, intensity of the tour, meaning that there are, yeah, there are people right now who probably aren't even on the you know, aren't even on the plane who will end up playing in that first test because yeah. um, it's just going to be such a physical, um, uh, f- yeah, such a physical tour that you're going to get through a hell of a lot of players and there's going to be a hell of a lot of injuries. Yeah, and, you know, I've been out for drinks with mates and we've all done our, we've all done our first 15 and it always, all, almost seems pointless, you know, because yeah. just, but I, 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 you know, I, I don't have a problem with, I think the I don't have a problem with losing. Um, I have a problem with this, with with the culture and the idea of lions and just kind of being brave enough to, you know, to to be as good as you can be, mm. and rather than rather than uh, just look at winning and winning at all costs. And I I worry about that, and I suppose that's. That's about a thousand podcasts gone and in the future about why, about, you know, I just, I don't buy that winning at all costs. I just don't, I just never have done, never will do. I'm sorry. It's not, you know, I, I, my job doesn't depend on it. I want to see flowing, running, uh, brilliant, exciting, innovative, imaginative rugby. That's what I want to see because that's what I've been going to watch and, you know, and it doesn't happen as much as you'd like, but that's what makes me excited about rugby. So, uh, if that's a thinly veiled attack on the current regime in Wales and for the Lions, then so be it. Um, I just, uh, you know, I would hope that, that they would, you know, there's, a, there are some great players out there, but when Vunipola, um, was withdrawn, mm. you know, withdrew, I just felt that, that that almost felt like, oh, there it goes then. And you just think, wow, so can you really be that? Can you really? And I mean, that's me, not, not, I'm sure that Warren Gatlin didn't lose us, you know, didn't think the same way. Um, but I'd hope he wouldn't think the same way, but he just thought that that's the, that's plan A gun then. Cause that's what I thought of everything seemed to revolve around the idea of, Having a player who has is much more than just a, a bosh it up merchant, but that that was such an important factor. I don't know. Yeah, I, am I, I being yeah. too? Am I being <laughs> character? I'm being characteristically cynical. I don't know. Yeah, and I think that's probably. I think that's probably the best way to. Uh, that's, that's the best way to be. You know, I think you have to. You have to be true to. Uh, you have to be true to kind of who you are as a fan. You know, and and I completely get that. You know, I've I really enjoyed. Um, the, the glory that we've had under, under Gatland, but, um, you know, a lot's been made of this. We've won nothing for four years. Um, and the, you know, they said every week that the game's moved on. So I just hope that the Lions can muster something out with different, you know, with different personnel that there will be some of those moments of magic within there. You know, I would love to think that there is a, again, the romantic in me says that there is a, an outrageous Stuart Hogg try in the first test that, <laughs> that uh, that seems unimaginable at the moment, but that is just born out of a piece of brilliance and and bravery to to go and try something, um, try something out there. But I dare say it'll be 
it'll be half penny at full back and he'll be kicking the leather off the ball. But I hope yeah. not. I just well, hope that there are those moments. Yeah, and you get that. You get you, you know. It's we can talk ourselves into into um, into easy defeat. And but do you think about you know the the great things Wales did last? You know when they were in New Zealand, you know there were moments there of yeah. individual play that you just thought, "Wow, this is fantastic! This is it! This is it!" You know, and um, okay, it didn't it wasn't realised in in a, in results, but it certainly was. Um, there were there was enough. In, you know, this, there are the players are there. Um, I just hope that they play. They're able to play. You know, and um, otherwise we're going to be coming back with uh, the idea that there's do we need a new approach? And that's not, that's not, we shouldn't be talking about this with, on the eve of a British Lions tour being kind of obsessed with Wales, but that's the way it looks to me at the moment because the, because of the tour, um, you know, the, the Wales tour just seems like a really odd, a really odd, <laughs> odd animal at the yeah. moment. You know? It is well. With any luck, as you say, there will there will be those those moments um, those moments of of hope and magic that just uh, that, that get you up off your seat as a Lions fan, and that's what we all uh, that's what we all want. Yesterday, thanks for your time and uh, enjoy those enjoy welcome. those Lions breakfasts. Brilliant. Thanks, Jed. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.